Welcome everyone to another Film Roundtable. My name is Matthew Wolf, and I'm very excited to introduce our panelists today. But before I introduce them, please remember to, uh, to like this roundtable and subscribe to all our channels via uh, Linktree or YouTube, Instagram, our podcasts, and uh, also sign up to our website to be on our mailing list so we can inform you about upcoming roundtables before they happen. Uh, lastly, before I do introduce our guests, I, I'd like to uh, lead us through a moment of silence, uh, something that we always do before we start our roundtables to remember and honour uh, all the 5,220,467 people that have died from COVID as of today, December 1st, 2021. Uh, we'd also like to honour all our black and brown brothers and sisters as well as our First Nation brothers and sisters whose lives have been taken by senseless acts of violence and police brutality. So if you can join me in a moment of silence. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you guys. I'd like to introduce everyone to uh, our roundtable guests today. Um, we have the, we're very lucky and very fortunate, fortunate to have the creative force behind the amazing and fantastic film IR, which is currently out in theaters right now, I believe. Um, we have the writer and director Floyd Russ with us. Hello. Um, hey. We have uh, a co-writer, uh, mm. co-creator, uh, who plays IR, uh, Ariana Ron Pedrick. Hey. <laughs> and Hi. we're also fortunate enough to have another one of the co-creators and writers and also actor who plays IR's mother, Renata Vilma uh, Vega. Hey. <laughs> Welcome everyone. Hi. I always like to ask this. When was the last time you guys were together? Friday. <laughs> yeah, Friday. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had the a premiere. theatrical premiere on Friday, which, you know, I mean, obviously having the moment of silence uh, at the beginning of this is incredibly uh, important and sombering. But it was the first time we've ever seen the movie in the theater um, was on Friday. It came out on Friday and we were all together at the Lamley um, here in LA and we had a Q&A after and it was honestly the first time I've ever seen the movie with the public audience and it's you know our festival run started in March so you know that's it's crazy it's sad in a way but it was a, a really great experience. Uh, you know it's funny I, I think about uh, I always get confused with the movie but um there was a there's a there's a director there's a there's a director and a, and a and a cinematographer talk about a shot and uh, they argue about how they want to shoot it and there's someone's on the phone it's a famous movie I'm terrible but I can't I can't remember it and um and the DP like says to the director you know, you've got to open the door so we can see the see the, see her on the phone and the director says no no this is all about mystery I want it to, I want there to be I don't want us to see exactly what she's talking about I want the audience to kind of like crane to hear what she's saying. So to bring them into the 
into into the into the movie at this point. So they go and see the they go and see the movie for the first time at the theater, and they get to that scene, and on cue, everyone in the in the audience goes goes does this. You know, they're oh, trying to look cool. around, they're trying to look around the door. So you know, I was wondering, you know, for you guys to see what was that like seeing seeing everyone watch watch the movie in the theater. <laughs> you laugh. Um, it was nerve wracking for me. It was a mix of emotions, and I don't know, I don't know. Uh, what was your experience, guys? I have to tell you, for me, it felt like I've seen it for the first time. I just did not expect that. Um, it was, everything was so enhanced. I had my emotions on the surface of my skin. I just, I, I just, it was like every moment to me was new. And there were some moments that I, that I missed before. And then suddenly it was bigger, you know, especially. <laughs> Sorry, it, there were a little, a little changes, right? Floyd, you changed yeah. no. I don't know. It's just the, song, the moments the became bigger to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear you changed the song when when Kalia comes up. No. Oh my god! I <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. Like, see, this is what yeah, I'm talking about. Did. It seems like it was different, right? That, that, <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah. I because the, the licensing, song. the licensing of that song between uh, festival license and then distribution is different, which you know yeah. a lot of filmmakers won't be familiar with. But no, <laughs> I mean it's. I knew it. I, I saw the film when I screened the DCP, which is obviously you go into a small theater and you watch it, you make sure it's okay, you QC it. So I did see it alone on a big screen before. And that was like, mm. you just, I mean, I've, you know, I've been going through this movie for months, nitpicking every detail. So to me, there was no like, oh, I didn't notice this before. <laughs> it's all about like feeling the room though, you know? And for me, it was like, it was really crazy to hear how quiet it was you know like I think people yeah. just taking it in paying attention it's a movie that asks a lot of the audience I think to uh continually be aware and pay attention um and it drags at times but that's also on purpose because then a big twist comes um so I thought it was really interesting when people you know I love when they kind of chuckle or you can almost feel the room smiling when like the first a documentary portion comes up and it's flashing through like Foster's pictures um, and then when uh, Raj comes into the motel like I love those moments because <laughs> you can you can feel yeah. the room and that was like the first time strange people that, that know nothing about the movie saw it together with other people you know in one room like I mean all together I think we had like 80 people it wasn't a huge theater or anything but it was still great also felt really COVID comfortable that way um, it was just really great to Honestly, it's my second time back in the theater since COVID started. I saw Licorice Pizza, where P.T. Anderson was there, and then I saw this, and that's it. That's all I've seen in theater so far, which is depressing. I used to go to the theater all the time, um, but with COVID and I have a, a two-year-old kid, it's just like it makes it so hard to go to the theater. Um, right. But no, I mean, to me, like, I'll never forget it. For me, it was like a huge release, to be honest with you. Like, I definitely want to make movies so that they play in a the theater. They play on the big screen, so this one day I'll remember forever. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, what about you, Vilma? Yeah, like I was saying, it was, um, you know, I didn't have expectations, um, but every moment, I mean, I was, I was very emotional throughout the whole thing. And I'm like, why am I crying? I know this thing, I watched this movie, but everything and, and just watching some of the scenes of Ariana, um, 
you know, just sunk in my heart. Um, it, it was beautiful. I, it was a special, I could feel also like Chloe says the energy in the room when some of the moments came up and, um, people taking it in and you can feel that, I guess I was just very sensitized to all of it. And, um, I guess that's the beauty of film, you know, that's the beauty of watching on a big screen um, and seeing, honestly, seeing my whole face on there. I had so many moments because um, I've never seen my face on a big screen like that. <laughs> um, you know, I saw my nose, my my facial, you know, and it was, there was two things. One was like, oh my God, that mold. And then the second thing was, it's just when I saw my profile, I said, wow, those are, those are the lines of my inheritance and my heritage. And so oh. I saw my, my ancestors and the lineage of women through me and those, and those lenses. And I was just, it was just, um, it meant a lot to me. That's awesome. Um, actually, I, I, we should probably tell people what the movie's about. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I could, I could take, do my takeaway or I tell you what, why don't I give my takeaway and then any one of you can tell me anything different from, from the I love that. No, I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll just give it a description, a brief description of the story and then I'll give a different take, like a creative take on it, I guess. So basically, um, IR is a story of uh, a first generation uh, American Latina trying to reconnect with her daughter. Um, she's been away for a few years pursuing an acting career and realized that she needed to reconnect with her daughter. She goes back to reconnect with her. Um, but her mother, Renata, played by Vilma, uh, refuses her uh, uh, IR to, to see her daughter but largely because of COVID, but also because of a bunch of other reasons bubbling beneath the surface. And um, it kind of opens up a can of worms. And this, and, you know, in terms of like their, their relationship and, you know, lots of existential questions. And under normal circumstances, you would think, you know, that's a very straightforward story. But the way that you guys told this was anything but straightforward. And um, I would say that it's, I mean, it deals with many topics, but uh, which we'll, we'll go into. But essentially, it's done in a multi-genre, generational uh, style. Mm -hmm. uh, and some people would say it breaks the fourth wall. I would say it smashes the fourth wall. So um, mm -hmm. uh, just because it really acknowledges the audience. So that's that's my takeaway, uh, guys. You want to comment? You guys go first. <laughs> you don't have to come in. You don't have to, but okay. I can ask you a question. For me, it's, you know, you, you really summarized the movie. It's, uh, for me, it's, um, like you said, it's the relationship between the mother and daughter. If, and it's just, um, I always look at it as, a, you know, from some front IR's point of view in the sense of her trying to, she has dreams and the mother has um supported those dreams and she goes and pursues those dreams but in that process and in that journey um she becomes a mother and 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 becoming a mother there's this conflict 
that creates with her own pursuit and her own journey, but she goes for it. And that creates a conflict between the mother and this, and it, it ruptured of the relationship between mother and daughter that was once very close. Um, and so, yeah, it's about the journey of her, of Ayar realizing what matters, what's truthful, what's real, the source of your strength, you know, and sometimes you have to look in the past for that. And to the point, and to the point that Ayar realizes she's not Ayar, she's Ariana Rodriguez, the real <laughs> person who has come to yeah, America to be too. an actress. <laughs> right. And the parallels between yeah. who Ayar is and who Vilma and Ariana are in real life are totally smashed, like you said, Matt. Um, and I, and it's it's so interesting because like when you know when I had to write like the plot for Ayar, and that's what's posted on iTunes and you know when you read it below the trailer I was like man like I can write the plot and we just talked about the plot right it's about a woman that comes back from an unsuccessful showbiz career because COVID shuts down everything so she uses uses uh, uses it as an opportunity to reflect on her life and kind of in a way wants to rekindle with her family but it's much more complicated than that you can't just like step into the past and and take up things as if you know nothing ever happened you have to really I don't want to say like repent for your sins but in a way you have to learn from your mistakes so to say um because hmm. that's what growth is right growth is reflection and it's it's something that is earned it doesn't happen overnight and I thought you know in that sense like oh in that sense COVID is this horrible thing and it's killed tons of innocent people and it's changed the way we live our life but like every bad thing that happens, we have to like learn something from it and we have to make sure that we like grow in a, in a way. So to me, that's the role that COVID plays in this film. Like it, it, it's, it's this thing that happens to this character. It makes her reassess her past and learn from it to the point that she realizes who she truly is and she's able to grow from it. But we just do it in a way that is uh, definitely not uh, plot-based. Conventional. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's funny because not till we were done with the movie that, and I think it was like a review that I read where somebody mentioned like it was Brechtian. And I was like, wow, I haven't thought about Brecht like at all while making this movie. And it's so Brechtian. And I remember when I was in college, I thought like Brecht was so cool. Like every college kid does. <laughs> um, and now I think back of it, I'm like, yeah, it is like a, a postmodern Brechtian thing because Brechtian, it's not Brechtian in the sense that like I do want this film to be emotional. I think it's very emotional when Vilma does her like two and a half speech monologue about who she really is in the movie. And it's like straight to camera. It's really emotional. Um, I think when you, you hear like Ariana talking about what her life really is. And so the truth in the film is emotional, which was like the biggest goal I had. And, I, and going back to your question about the movie theater screening, my, I sat next to my mom and my, uh, my mom and my wife and then Vilma was next to my mom and then Ariana was next to Vilma and I, I chose the seats for you guys just so you know <laughs> and I wanted us all to sit together and, and kind of in the back of the theater because like my hands were sweating because I'm definitely like worried about like what are people gonna like it uh, like is there gonna, you know and my wife like got teary-eyed like multiple times she's seen the movie three times you know my 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 mom too um, we had a great Q&A after, which, mean, which I think showed that people were really engaged into the content. Um, so in that sense, like, it's been incredibly hard to try to make something that is both like intellectual and emotional. And 
finding the balance. I don't know if we found the balance perfectly. You know, we tried our best, but for some people it's hitting for some people, some people it doesn't quite balance, but, uh, but that was like the goal here because to me, COVID is like, you know, it's, it's, it's not the way we live our life anymore. And it's not the way movies are told anymore in that sense. So we wanted to make something that's like, Hey, what, what's a way that a movie has never been told before. Um, and I, I think we did achieve that. <laughs> whether, it's, so whether it's, whether it's, you know, everyone's cup of tea. I don't know about that, but that's okay. <laughs> you can't please everyone, especially in, in making a film, but I think uh, for sure, it's definitely this, I, I, not knowing anything about it, I really enjoyed it from so many different levels and so many different aspects. It was very emotional for me on many levels because of what's been going on in my own life. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I'm intrigued to know, uh, Vilma and Ariana, you know, your, your perspectives, because obviously the film deals with a lot of things, deals with, you know, immigration, you know, in some respects, uh, it deals with the relationships, you know, and, and of course it's your own, journey more than anything you're exposing yourselves on camera and um more so than you would as you know on a, on a normal acting role and mm -hmm. was that terrifying did you you know i mean first of all that's i did have another question but let me let me lead, lead that you know what was that experience like i bearing your souls so to speak to me it was a, a very vulnerable process and it was weird because I, I, I thought it was kind of over once we wrapped the film, but then months later, we were, you know, last Friday on the movie theater and looking at each other in the big screen, something that I've dreamed for my entire life ever since I became an actor. Um, but in a such, you know, in such a vulnerable way, it, it was it was terrifying for me. My heart was beating so fast. My my hands were sweating, and I I just didn't know what to think. And and I remember just, you know, realizing at a certain point of the movie, I was like, let go, relax, and enjoy this moment. Like I've been dreaming with this for so long. Stop thinking about what other people you know, are, are thinking or whether they're going to like it or not. It's to me, and I know I'm biased, but to me, it's a, it's a beautiful movie about the story within the story, within the story, within the story, within the story. That's how I experienced it this time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's incredibly, I don't know how to say this in English, but it's almost like you're getting naked, <laughs> emotionally naked in front of everyone. Um, so yeah, it, it was definitely terrifying, but exciting. I love do, you guys <laughs> do you remember when I asked you, hey, can you get like uh, photos and videos from home, from Venezuela, <laughs> from your parents? Because that happened after yeah. And you know, I don't know if you know this, Floyd, I don't, I don't think I ever told you this. Uh, but yeah, Matt, you know, Floyd, after we wrapped, Floyd was like, if you can get any footage from your childhood and your, you know, teen uh, ages, that's going to be amazing. So I did my best because, as you know, Venezuela is going through a very, very difficult time. Um, so it wasn't that easy to just get that footage. But luckily, my dad was the kind of guy, was the, he is the kind of dad who's always with a camera um, filming 
every single event like birthday parties and Christmas and everything. So we had a lot of footage, but we had to uh, make it digital. And in a country like Venezuela, unfortunately, that's not that easy. So at first I was like, Floyd, I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to, to do this. There was a lot of the footage that, you know, a lot of the footage that you can see right now on the film, I hadn't even seen it before in my life. So just looking at it was a full circle moment for me. It, it, it was, I, yeah, it was definitely an emotional ride for me. And now seeing it on the screen, it, it, it's crazy. What a great, what a great experience on so, on so many levels. Great. <laughs> like, um, yeah. you can, uh, baby, Floyd, you know, you can always become a, a document, not a documentarian, but a, a, a what is it, where you, but you can just do a service where you, you basically make I know, I just, like life profiles, like, you want to see your life in two minutes? After after Floyd did everything, you know, I, now I understand. I'm like, that's why I want to be an actor. Now I get it. Like, I've been dancing every, since I was like three years old in my house, like the Macarena, and I was like, my dad with the camera all day long and I'm like so I was like oh something now makes sense I mean in a way like the film is a little bit about method acting in that way then too right (laughs) it's like you have to use how do you you guys use your reality to to make this film well I have to say you know that was a good question when you said how do you because this is not just an acting role you also put yourself out there and it's a very um, like you know Ariana says it's just feels naked for me it's a it's a real story, it's a personal story. And I've through this whole thing, I I don't I didn't think about sharing that. Um, it was really hard for me, but then I had to remind myself that when I started acting at 40, the only way I was going to even finish this training was just to show up. And there was nothing else. And so I have been in situations where I have to be in high stakes, where I have nothing left and just put yourself in your heart and soul. But this was like, no, Vilma, this is going to be in a movie. And I go, oh, my God. So part of me, I'm excited. Part of it is like, why does it have to be my story? Because a part of it also realized that I was also going through my own healing. It's a past that I haven't really uncovered. I haven't really shared to the depth of that. And so as we were unfolding this journey with Floyd and we were like digging the questions and digging the characters, I go, my God, I have to really share everything. (laughs) Um, And so that was terrifying to me because it's opening an old trunk and I'm going to uncover here. Um, So, and a lot of it came out and and then I have to play the opposite role, right? And so a lot of emotions, you know, um, I'm compassionate with IR because I relate to that, but now I'm a step into this woman. So that required for me to be very compassionate and to really open myself to the experience that, let me see what her experience was like. And I knew this woman, I know this woman. Um, and it's so interesting you say that because a lot of the family members have watched the film now this weekend. And I have gotten a lot of calls and it's been, I got, I got well, I, the story just came out the way it was supposed to come out. And I, I just couldn't think, I said Floyd every time, like, oh my God, it was such a healing. It's, there is a still healing going on. Um, but then afterwards, when we were done, I go, okay, we're done filming. 
uncover the photos. But mind you, I didn't have any photos when I was 15. Nobody's taking pictures of me when I'm 15, right? I'm coming to this land and um, but the family that, you know, my son's grandmother, she kept some photos. So I had to go and she had to open up some stuff for me. And that allowed a lot of conversations between me and her. Um, so yeah, in every level, this movie was not just, you know, uh, an exciting opportunity to, to be seen, um, and to show up, but also was transformational. It's like, oh, great. I'm now going through the year experience. <laughs> so mm. it was, um, cathartic in so many ways and it still is yeah and I, I have I have to add Vilma I'm so to be honest I'm, I'm so proud of you because it, it, it requires a lot of courage to open up to a bunch of strangers and just tell your story in a truthful way I know it was terrifying for me I cannot even begin to imagine how you know terrifying it must have been for you you guys made it easier for me. Thank you. I mean, you, Ariana, I mean, when she for herself, I go, man, we're on this. This is amazing when you have just the people, you know, it's just that. I mean, Floyd, the whole experience was just like, wow. Um, you can only dream of, really. <laughs> I can't put into words that, so. Yeah, you, Filma, you said, you said something uh, which I'd like to just know a little bit about. You said, you know, you started acting at 40. Yes. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Just, you know, what, what well, you, you know, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I was, you know, I just had like a normal life for a long time. I mean, I don't even know what normal, but I'm just using those words because those are easier, a different lifestyle. And so at 40, I mean, I had this moment where what am I doing with my life? You know, my son has grown. Yeah, that was the moment because for the first 20 years, it was my son that was driving me. And suddenly he's grown. He just doesn't want to spend time with his mom. He's with his friends. And only time he wants me is to drive him around. Um, and I love him. But then something started kicking. And so I, I just saw this ad online for acting training. I go, what am I doing? This is weird. But I ended up driving. I made an appointment. I was like, they're not going to give me an appointment. Well, I ended up driving. And I'm driving in San Francisco in the freaking rain in January 2017, um, finding the school. And I go, what am I doing? Crossing the Bay Bridge and driving through the forest of Presidio, finding the school is pouring in rain. This is weird and insane. And I showed up and the school was there and there was a teacher and he says to me, okay. So he starts talking about how great the acting class is, how great is the training and only serious actors are admitted. And I just, and he goes, why are you here? And I started crying. I'm like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. Um, and so he goes, okay. And so all I saw was like this little note on, on the back of the room and says, oh, I came here to overcome my fears so the real me can show up. Wow, wow. That's, that's pretty, pretty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I started. <laughs> That's a that's a good that's a good message for anyone in life. Well, congratulations for making that trip and it, and look what it brought you today. So I know Matthew, yeah. thank you with you. And I mean, yeah, here I, I say this a bit, but like we would have never made this movie if we hadn't if I hadn't met Vilma and Ariana. Like there would be no IR. Maybe we would have made a different movie. I have no idea, but this movie, there, there would be no IR because, I mean, obviously IR is 
it's both of them, right? Like it's not, the movie is not based on Vilma and it's not just based on Ariana. It, it is a mixture of both their lives, I would say, um, or at least inspired by both of their experiences, like coming to this country, wanting to be actors, what you have to deal with, um, getting into a, into a profession like that and all the no's and uh, especially being a Latino woman on top of that, a Latina trying to do this. And they can tell you more about that than me, but uh IR's rejection and her running away and her in a way like shape-shifting into someone she's not that keeps her away from her daughter is all symbolism for stuff that they've had to go go through themselves or sometimes quite literally the stuff you also literally have gone through <laughs> I mean I, just hearing you talk about that you know that's actually was like kind of delved into one of the questions I had you, you know, the three of you came up with this story together and some, and some elements, right? Because you, you wrote it. I mean, okay, let me step back a little bit. So this is a story of uh, Latina immigrants, you know, as well as it being about mother-daughter relationship, it's Latina immigrants. It's, it's a Latina story in America um, told by a white male American. So, you know, it's not the typical viewpoint, you know, you might, uh, I have a friend who's a Filipina and she made a story about her, a movie last year that was came out about her journey. And, you know, you might expect uh, a female Latina story to be, t to be told by a female Latina director. But in this case, it's, I think, having the different viewpoint, uh, like, like Floyd, when we, when we, at one point we spoke, you know, we talked about how, why, why does, it, does a story about a particular person need to be told by that same person? You know, why can't it be told by, I think, because that's what we're used to, right? White, you know, a white story told by a white person, maybe, you know, maybe a Latina story, it might be told by a Latina. Why can't, it, why can't it, we mix and blur the lines and come out with something, a different viewpoint and something fresh, which is what's happened here. So I'm keen to know how the process came about you know yeah. that you know you said you know you touched on it but i'm just like to delve into that a little bit more because it's, it seems like a different approach to filmmaking yeah and i think i mean i think this topic is super interesting because i think we want we want latinas to tell their stories of course they should always you know the person should be able to tell their own story but at the same time we want you know like you said brown black latina you name it also to tell other people's stories tell white people's stories you know um because that's not happening. I mean, that's barely happening, I would say. That's the biggest new thing that, that I think needs to happen. Um, but for me, like, it doesn't matter what story you tell, like more than anything is the, like, and I think a lot of the industry is adapting to this now is, is the approach. And the approach has to be much more collaborative. You know, um, the days of like a white writer's room have to be gone. Like that writer's room needs to be diverse. It needs to reflect what the story is actually about the crew you know itself is, is another thing that is becoming more diverse as well and i think that all influences like how a story is told like th that a key role a key crew position is diverse or diverse is filled with women and people of color um above the line producing as well of course you know and writing big time you know like we actors are not just people that are get lines and are told to say the line certain ways. Like a powerful actor has to come to the table with ideas, revisions, they have to become the part, you know? 
Um, and, and in that sense, like that's how this process started. It was like, hey, we sure we want to find two people that are actors, but more than anything, they have a story to tell. They're real immigrants. They have gone through this. And then when we hear that story, we adapt the script to their story with them so that they're writing their own dialogue. I mean, a good example is like, I don't speak Spanish. You know, I am an immigrant. I'm not from this country. I consider myself an outsider. I moved here from Germany when I was 11. Um, my parents are both immigrants. So I'm also first generation American, just like uh, Ariana and Vilma. All of the actors we have in the big like diorama where they all just say a couple of things, you realize like, wait a second, they're almost all immigrants. Like Henry is from the South, he's African-American. He's American, but he is an immigrant to LA. He's an immigrant to the idea of like, I'm following my dream and I wanna be an actor when he comes from a small community in the South. Um, so we all have that in common and that's enough for us to like trust each other, ask each other questions, you know, go on, on this creative collaborative process. And that means like being able to tell each other yes, no, you're wrong, you're being stupid, Floyd, this is how I would say this or do this, um, and me listening, yeah. of course, you know, and then me maybe saying that, I love that idea, but that we can't afford that, and that will add 10 pages, like, so there's, you know, the stuff we need to work through, <laughs> so that, that's, like, in a nutshell, how the process started, but, um, you know, I don't know, I mean, like, I think it's, it's, I'm lucky that, you know, Vilma and Ariana would ever trust me to do this, obviously, because we did it very fast. But part of me also wanted to just be like, hey, once you get in the boat, like you can't get out in a sense, like we're trapped in this thing together and we're making this thing and we have to figure it out. Like if you jump out, the sharks will eat you. Like you have to figure this out with me. Um, and I think we, we had a really healthy relationship doing that, you know? I agree. I, I, I just want to mention something. I think, I remember when, when I saw the audition, you said something, Floyd, on Friday. You were like, oh, when we did the audition, we got so many submissions. And I'm sure it was because the cast and director are big. And I don't know if, if that was your case, Vilma, but for me, it definitely wasn't. Like, I, I, when you are a Latina actor, who's trying to look for an interesting role, a truthful role, an authentic role of a Latina, it's so hard. It's so hard to find it. And when I read that log line, to me, it was like, yes, finally, something that I can relate to in, in, in a deeper, truthful, honest way. Um, I, I found out who, who you were and who the casting directors were by like the last audition when I was going to your house for the callback. Uh, that was like the fourth or, or fifth audition, I believe. So to me, I, I feel like, and all the actors that, that I admire, they always say, you need to connect with the story first. If you don't have a connection with the story, it's not, it's not gonna work out. So to me, that has been, something that, that I always keep in mind. I'm always trying to connect with the story that I want to tell because that's going to give me peace of mind regardless if it works out or not, regardless if it makes, if it, makes it to the big screen or not. Just the fact that I believed in it in some level for some reason, to me, it, it's enough. And to me, it was so crazy to see that regardless of the fact that you are also an immigrant, you're a white guy. And to me, it was crazy to see how Floyd can be so um, 
like compassionate to, to, to the point that he sees a story where no one else has seen it before. And he was interested to tell this story for his first feature film. Um, but not only that, he wanted us in the creation process because he wanted this to be authentic and, and, and honest and truthful. And yes, I agree with Floyd when he says, you know, this is, this is art. And, and the fun part of, of telling a story is that you should feel free of telling whatever story you want to tell. But wouldn't it be cool to do it the way that Floyd did? Like just helping give a platform for these people to speak their truth and not just play a part that another person thought that's how you are supposed to look. Because when it happens like that, you're mostly gonna play a stereotype. So he allowed us to be ourselves. And to me, that's the biggest gift. I've, I've never, um, I've never felt, I've never had that opportunity ever since I got to, to the US. Even, even with all the auditions that I've done uh, with Latino characters, I'm always, it, it always feels like I'm playing a character. I, it always feels like I have to become a Latina, which is extremely weird and, and crazy <laughs> for me because I am a Latina. So why do yeah. I have to become something that a bunch of people in Hollywood think that's what you have to be a preconceived idea of what a Latina should look like. And no, I, I'm so grateful that Floyd gave us this space to be ourselves and to show ourselves because it ended up being, regardless if you like the story or not, it gives us the opportunity to show a different side of, uh, uh, you know, of our life as Latinos or as immigrants. I've never seen a movie like that before in my life. You, you bring up a, a, a really important point, Ariana, because, you know, as a, I'm also an immigrant, you know, but from a different, you know, with a completely different story, first generation American, but, but talking specifically a bit about the point that you bring up about a la, being Latina or Latino, you know, and telling and how that's portrayed to American audiences. How are all foreigners portrayed to American audiences? Generally, like you said, in, in traditionally in the past, in the way that it's been spoon fed to us, not the real, not the real way that it actually is. And you know, you know, we have a responsibility, I think now more than ever, as filmmakers, to to change the future of filmmaking. That's how that's why Film Roundtable was actually born, because we were trying to, we were trying to help. I mean, we, we were in this moment where what life as we know it paused and we had the opportunity, no one knew the direction. We had the opportunity to help guide people out of this. And what we found was let's, let's create a space where we can talk about the things that are hard to talk about and, and maybe we could make a difference. And mm -hmm. this is exactly what your film has done. You've shown the way that people can actually see what, how Latin people really are in real life as opposed to how they're fictionalized. And for you guys, this is a very long-winded response into my question, but you guys, Vilma, I mean, Ariana, you, you, you just told us how you feel, but Vilma, I'm interested also how you feel. I mean, you're giving 
your, you know, how this, how your stories are told in Floyd's hands. Did you ever, you know, how did that make you feel? Whether ever, oh my whether, God. Well, I tell you one thing, I felt very fortunate after very lucky. I was like, really? You know, because I tell you that when the start, three months prior to this, I met this, went through this casting. I have gone through experience where I was in Peru, I was traveling in Peru, I was traveling in Cusco. And mind you, I've, I've never met my father, I grew up without my father. So I was just traveling, you know, Cusco, taking my son for the first time. And just, I was at the time with my boyfriend. And at that, it just, suddenly I was just joking. And I was like, I walked by a government office, like, oh, this, this office will have an information about my dad. And he says, walk in, find out why. I'm, you know, I'm like at this time, 43. So it's like, it's like, I don't care. You know, I haven't seen him in, he probably is dead. Why do I want to find out? Well, long story short. Sure enough, I meet a very helpful lady with, and I had no identification. She helped me. She found him, and, she, and he's like, he's alive. She found my birth certificate too. I was like, what? And I only have one day left to be. I mean, two days left in Peru. I have to be back to, um, to the U.S. And so, anyway, I don't know why I felt like one of those moments. I'm going to travel this. I'm to this place, so we had to take these buses in the middle of nowhere. And this is where I went to this top hill with I saw this lake in the mountains oh. of nowhere. And I, I was like, this is a beautiful lake in the middle of like this, the highest mountain. It's like 11,000 feet, I don't know. It's beautiful. I feel like I've never traveled this high in Peru. And anyway, we went into this whirlwind and went back to Lima, connected with my brother. It's good. I met my father for the first time. It was weird. Um, <laughs> and so then I came back to Peru. I came back to the US. And three months later, I'm getting I'm getting this audition piece, you know, for for IR. Um, and right and right when I read, then when the size came to me about the moment of um, IR, when I tell the story of the legend, like oh my God, I just brought some textiles from from Cusco, you know, some textiles that I bought from actually from like chasing the actual woman maker, you know. I wanted some real thing. And I was just ready, I guess, for that moment to just, um, I just think so when Floyd came and I met him, it just felt to me that <laughs> this was just a, a very instinctive for me uh, and talking to him just validated on my instincts. It was it was not a, a hard decision for me at all. I felt actually very fortunate because I'm, I was curious. It's like, why is this man doesn't speak Spanish, is interested in this, doing this. And just is so willing to give us this platform of a story that a lot of times as a Latina woman immigrant feels not worth telling or always being looked at as not worth sharing. That's not mm -hmm. as important. That is something that you just tell, you hide it and you tell your kids when you're age or old and ready to die. And so for me, it was like, um, it was just like I'm saying, it's just, it's, it was just a life changing moment. And, and, and so Floyd, just meeting him was, it was just destiny or something. So it was exciting. I, anyways. Yeah. I, Matt, I think it's interesting for you to talk when you talk about like why you guys started film roundtable. And I feel like a lot of us, you know, people that are shooting and are in the business and are working constantly that all of a sudden just came to this like sudden halt. Um, Cause that happened for me too. Obviously I was like prepping two commercials at the time. And I was like on the, in Vancouver and everything shut down, like literally scouting a school with like thousands of kids without masks. And then they were like, you gotta go back to America. Like COVID's too crazy. Um, and I was like, this is strange. And then, I, you know, I cool thing about me, like I, I got 
kill fees for two projects, which was cool. I was like, wow, this is awesome. I got kill fees. This is only going to last a little bit. And then two, three months later, I was like, what is happening? Like everything is different. And, you know, having kids, like I definitely not only thought about like all the, the danger out there, but I also thought about very reactionary, like, man, if, you know, if, if this is how we're going to be now, like, and my, my dream is to make a movie, is to make a movie. I'm 36. I've never made a movie. Um, I've been doing this since I was technically 13 when I first picked up a camera. I'm like, what is, what if I do a movie now? What if I do a movie this summer? Like, you know, what, what, what would that look like? How would that be possible? That's how the whole thing started, to be honest with you. Like, it wasn't like, I really want to tell a story about like two Latino women and then they come back. Cause that's so strange. Like it started very much like, COVID shutting everything down. I'm having a crisis. I have this little bit of money that I got from these kill fees. What if I use that to like finance most of this crazy little movie? What is this movie? And then it was like, wait, what, what would this movie be? And, it, it, and I just thought like, you know, I don't know. I had this conversation with a, with a female Latino producer. I'm not going to say her name. She's very well established. And she was like, I don't think you should make this movie. Like, I don't think a white guy should make this movie. Like, you, it's not your place, especially not right now. Um, and wow. she was like, why don't you just make it about a white guy or a white girl? Like, same story. You're a white immigrant. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I can't explain it. But I was just like, but I just don't want to watch that movie is what I, what I said to her, you know? Mm. But I do want to watch the other one for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just how where my heart was, you know. I think me and Floyd were connecting. I was just somewhere, <laughs> you, were somewhere you know, in his computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, you know, and I don't know. And then um, you know, I had I have had Kara who Kara Durrett, who's a great producer, and she was like, "If you want to make this movie, let's do it. Let's just make sure we find the right support, the right people to co-write it with you." You know, and then we started that casting process, the casting process being a bit more documentary style in the sense of like, hey, this is the type of story we want to make. Uh, we're looking for these actors, but then we're going to write the film with you based on your lives. And that's probably why Ariana came to the table, because she's like, finally, something different, because why else would yeah. you come out during COVID to my front yard is where we had to call back. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I I. I've suffered panic attacks before in my life. And when COVID happened, it was definitely a trigger for me. So I was terrified. I had two dogs. So even just walking the dogs outside, it, it was like, it, it was, I feel like everyone went through, uh, you know, an anxiety process once this uh, happened, started to happen. And I remember <laughs> having this opportunity with this amazing director, with this amazing story. I wanted so badly to be IR. And he wanted us to go to his house. And obviously, the last call back. <laughs> Basically, so we did everything. We did everything over Zoom, about. but but it was like, look, we can't cast the last, yeah, it was like the people last, without meeting them, you know? Of course. And it was like the last two maybe callbacks. And I remember having my mask and being like, what if I get a panic attack in the middle of the audition, in the middle of an audition that I really, really, really care about? Like, I really want to tell this story. I really want to be a yeah. Um, And I remember Floyd, we, I, I mean, obviously it was super safe. We were in his backyard, uh, you know, six feet apart, everyone. Like it was super safe, but yeah, it, it was, 
definitely high stakes for me in, in many ways. And I feel like that was to prove uh, for myself of how badly I wanted to be in this story. I wanted to be part of this, of this film. You know, it's actually, uh, um, you pretty much answered, you both of you answered two of my questions before I'd even had a chance to ask them. Um, but, uh, <laughs> what's my next question, guys? What is it? What's my next question? Um, so, uh, no, no. Chicken um, salad for lunch. <laughs> All right, then what's my next question then? You got that one right too. No, okay. Um, so, now, well, uh, let me start with you, Ariana, because, you know, obviously you've, you've had a successful acting career uh, already outside the US, you know, and coming from a, a bigger movie, like a bigger show, like the Sony show that um, uh, that you're on, I, my pronunciation might be wrong, Rosario Tejeras. Yeah. Tejeras. So um, my English accent always butchers everything. Uh, so uh, <laughs> no. I mean, going from, going from that to this big to small, you know, uh, I mean, mm. what did you really know about it? I mean, obviously we, we all love that there's, there's, a, there's a creative freedom in indie movies at the same time of having your hands shackled together. Um, so what was that like, you know, stepping back, you know, was it for you what you know um you didn't really know what you were getting into at this stage surely how did you you know what what made you so um <laughs> i'm just it's so funny how you put it because you just you just did this with your hands you were like how does it feel to come from something like this rosario tijeras is something like this and to me it feels the opposite to me it feels like i come from this and now I'm here, you know, like to me, this is huge. I've been dreaming. I know it's an indie film, but to me, it's, it's exactly what I wanted to do. So it's my dream. I've been wanting to be, to do films and to do amazing films. Like I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of films like Winter's Bone. And, you know, like I, I, I want it. I... <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I believe in law of attraction. And I know Floyd's going to laugh, but yeah, I'm corny like that. So I grabbed, you know, I basically, <laughs> a year ago, before getting the audition for IR, I basically did on Photoshop, like a poster of <laughs> Winter's Phone, but I took Jennifer Lawrence away and I put my face and then I was like, I'm going to focus on this. I want to achieve something like this. And yeah, of course, I love every other film that she's done and th th these like huge Hollywood films. But my heart really goes out with story like this one. Um, yeah, so to me, it felt like I came from this and I made it to something huge uh literally like I'm seeing myself on the big screen now and I and I wasn't expecting that at all um but I remember when I when I started studying acting 2011 more than 10 years ago yeah well 10 years ago I'm not good with math that's why I'm an actor um yeah well <laughs> I remember being like I studied acting in an amazing school, but this school was part of a TV network. And I remember feeling, I have to admit, a little bit disappointed when I 
finally finished my, you know, four year degree, performing arts degree. And then I got to work for that same TV network. And I was like, hmm, I wasn't expecting this to be acting. If, if, if this is acting, I, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. Keep in mind, I was in a soap opera. So I was like, hmm, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. When you're a Latina or a Latino actor and you literally live in Latin America, it's almost like the ABC. It's like the one, two, three step that you generally have to go through in, in order for you to be able to make it to the cinema. So, but to me, it was always in the back of my head. Like that's, that's the goal. To me, that's the goal. I, I just want to tell amazing stories. And generally you see those stories and feature films like this. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying you cannot find amazing stories in TV. Of course you can. I, 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 I love amazing TV shows. Um, but yeah, this was always in the back of my head. So it was full circle for me uh, to be able to, to be part of this story for sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. Thanks for sharing that. Um, when you mentioned something about film school, uh, Floyd, you, you brought something up when we chatted before this whole process, and I think it could be really interesting for people to, to hear this whole process. I mean, you said, you know, you learned a lot of lessons on this journey that film school didn't prepare you for. Um, you know, you, you were lucky enough to have some kill fees. Us, you know, that, those of us that work in commercial, <laughs> in the commercial world, we, you know, we get lucky like that um, sometimes. Um, and uh uh, although whenever I've had a kill fee, I'm always like, I want to do the job. I don't, I don't want the money. Yeah, the yeah. Job, you know? But, but still, in this case, it, it benefited you. So, so you went from having a very small budget, and you know, which is a lot of people, uh, you know, are facing the same issue, to getting a movie released at the theater. You know, what was that journey like? You know, I mean, making any, to... yeah, making any low budget film, and it, I love that you mentioned Winter's Bone because to me, like. I think the Gotham Awards just happened and I'm like, I don't even know why they're called independent anymore. Or what is independent? Because I don't think A24, those places are independent. You know, I think those are the new studios, so to yeah. say. Um, Netflix is like, even, you know, there's some Netflix movies at the Gotham Awards. I'm like, there's nothing independent about that, in my opinion. Maybe they bought it at a festival. Um, but I guess like low budget is really what we should talk about. Like making any feature film low budget is incredibly masochistic and incredibly hard. I mean, it's like, it's painful. Um, and I think there's a big part of me that's like, what's the hardest thing I can do? And I wanted to do that. <laughs> I wanted to be like, all right, what's the smallest crew we can make a movie with? You know, and I think we got it down to like eight people, no producers on set, no AD, one PA. COVID officer, of course, who's also the location manager and security person. Um, me being, you know, four or five roles, like the DP having just one or two support people, one swing lighting person. I mean, like what Corey did on the movie with a team of three people is incredible. And you, you know, you know, Matt, like you've been on big sets and small sets. Somebody told me recently that like Matthew Libatique wants to shoot a movie like with the tiniest crew because he's sick of like working on Marvel movies. So like we go mm -hmm. through these waves of like half glass uh, empty, so to say, like we want what we don't have, so to say. 
And for me, yeah, it's very reactionary. The film is 100% reactionary to COVID, Trump, and me getting those kill fees and being in the right mindset to be like, we're making this now because if we don't make it now and if we talk about it for too long, it's never going to get made, you know? So like get in and see what's going to happen. We can solve the problems as we drift downriver. If there's a waterfall, we'll figure it out, you know? And that was kind of the attitude. Like that was the attitude. Um, and, yeah. you know, I, I think there's being smart, surrounding yourself with smart, collaborative people. That's a team effort. It is, it's no, you can't make a movie with one person. You also don't need a hundred people to make a movie. You need at least eight is what I discovered. <laughs> um, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and there was times or days where we had 20 people. Of course, we had more people. But, like, you know, on average, the crew was like eight to ten people. And the cast on top of that, three to four people. Um, and that's why I think I felt safe making the movie during COVID. Because I was like, it's just a few of us. Um, and never in any, like, public places. Everything was controlled. So to me, like... You know, I kind of felt, you know, I mean, like we live in like this materialistic consumerism society. I could have kept those kill fees and spent them slowly on improving my house or I don't know, buying clothes and, you know, dealing with stuff. But I was like, no, I mean, this money should be for something that is an adventure, an experiment, um, something that has something that I've been wanting to prove to myself in that sense um, since I was in film school, for sure. Um and it and it came out this way, um, and I'm super you know super glad it did. Um, and I, I like I said, like if we didn't meet Bill and Ariana, it wouldn't have ever come out this way. Like it would have just died in the casting, and it, and it would have died. Like I told you guys before, there was no second choice. It wasn't like, oh, who are we call oh callbacks? We have all these people that I can't wait to meet. It was like you two. I was like, oh my god, we got to meet them. I hope they're great. I hope they seem amazing. <laughs> and then you guys came, and it was like holy shit, I think we have a movie. Like the, like the only thing I was worried about was like, does Ariana look like Vilma's daughter? And then I was like, maybe we shouldn't show the dad at all. Like maybe we should never show the dad. <laughs> that was my main worry, which is like not, you know, that's not, it's not a big deal because kids come out different all the time. Um, yeah, and going back to film school, like look, I went to UCLA film school. It's a great film school, obviously, um, but it's very auteur driven. They teach you about, you know, writers and directors and film history, it's all great. But then you come out of film school with those ideals and you hit reality and you're like, wait, I don't have a real, how, how, what is a director? How do they make money? You know? Um, and I've been doing commercials and documentaries for the last 10 to 15 years since then. Um, I say 10 to 15 years because five years are blurry. I call them like the New York coming of age years. <laughs> um, and, you know, now, you know, I, I made this film and I hope I'm, I want to make another one ASAP. It's going to be totally different. It's not going to be anything like this. It's going to be not an eight person crew. It's not going to be, you know, five figure budget, uh, which is brutal to make a feature on five figures. I mean, that's crazy. Like most of the commercial shoot days we have, half a day is five figures. <laughs> half mm. of a day. We shot 13 days. Um, and the first cut was two hours and 20 minutes. The final movie is one hour and 20 minutes. How the hell did we shoot for 13 days and have anything that was two hours and 20 minutes? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Um, but yeah, but you know, I mean, a lot of it too is like I have, I've gotten to know people and um, 
find collaborators that wanted to work on this movie, you know, over the years working on all this other stuff, like Corey and I had worked on documentaries and commercials before. I've known Brad, the editor, since I was in New York, since I was 22, you know, for forever. Um, he's super experienced and was like a great guiding hand in this. Um, Kara, I met uh, through our films being uh, at Sundance, our uh, short films. So she was like a huge mentor. I would have never made these movies without this movie without those people because doing anything creative is full of insecurities, you know? And like, if you don't find mm -hmm. people that either let, listen to your insecurities and support you just the right amount, like you're never going to make these things. Like then it would just be back to one person telling other people what to do. And like that, that it can't be that way. It needs to be collaborative and the insecurities have to be explored. And one of my insecurities was, of course, I'm a white guy. Why the FM are making a movie about Latino women on top of that, you know? And that was a huge insecurity going into it. So like talking about that with them, with Ariana and Vilma, like before we ever started was super important. And if they didn't feel like they were supporting the movie or they were supporting me and they didn't want to make the movie the way we all had in mind, like there would be no point to do it, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question. I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> um, I, I, I would say like look the game is how do you find money to create anything original when we're living in a world where anything that is making money is not original it's a, no. it's a remake it's the another marvel movie that's the only difference is it's a different mm -hmm. character the story is always the same you know um spider-man has like it's almost a joke that it's like who's gonna be the new james bond like it's gonna be a black guy now hopefully it's like okay, cool, but another James Bond? Like, is that the best we can do, <laughs> you know? Um, and no, but then, and then that's sad that the, the Gotham Awards on top of that are like, oh, there's a few indie films here, but overall it doesn't feel like indie film is being supported in a way that I wish it did, you know? Um, there's still a few films that break through every year. That's amazing. But as you guys probably know, there's hundreds that like, don't break through, you know? And I don't know how those films are be even getting made. I got lucky that I was able to put up half the money and then find the other half through people I know. But I I don't know how people are financing these like little films besides, you know, their own money. It's crazy. It's like, it's not a place to, to make money. It's a place to hopefully express your creativity. And, and in that sense, I still believe it is art. You know, art is not for commerce, but... um. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like now I have to swing the other way and like I have to go make money, obviously. <laughs> like, so that's the pendulum of film school that I never learned. I, I only learned the art part and I came out being broke and selling my Honda Civic. Like I don't come from money um, and I have $5,000 and I moved to New York and I had to start working in commercials because I had no money, you know? Um, so it took me a long time to like get back to the, 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 in a way, maybe this is my film school thesis 20 years later, I guess. <laughs> it's much better than a film school thesis. Um, that's my wife coming with a cat. <laughs> um, uh, you, you did answer the question. Um, you know, and um, there's, there's, so, there's so much, that, you know, that I want to ask more specifically about the film. I don't want to give stuff away while the film's still out there. So... So maybe I'll ask you guys privately afterwards. I don't know. But um, uh, well, actually, one one thing I do want to ask. Two things I do want to ask. You know, bit, bit before I'm just conscious of the time. Before you know, 
start to wrap things up. Um, uh, Vilma and Ariana, there's a, there's a scene towards the end of the movie where you guys confront each other. And I don't want to say, but it's about at a door. Um, there's a kind of a handoff. And, um, you know, uh, I'm being intentionally vague, but I'm hoping that you're both know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, um, and, um, you know, that was a pretty, that was a pretty emotional scene there. And uh, especially with the build-up, Ariana, you know, the, you know, your documentary kind of build-up to, you know, the previews it in terms of emotion and what's expected of, of you. You know, I'm interested to know, you know, was that scene, how much of that was spontaneous for both of you? How much of that was rehearsed? You know, how much of that was, you know, was, was it a combination of everything you guys have been through that brought you to that moment? Vilma? You know, honestly, it wasn't rehearsed that much. It was a moment that I instinctively, I just felt, when I started, Yana, I just felt like, um, you know, because Floyd didn't give it much. I mean, he gave it in a direction, but not much. I think it was a moment. We didn't rehearse that much, that scene. It was, um, we just instinctively knew. And I, and I liked that. I just knew I, it was just instinctively. And I, um, there was just a moment that I, I saw her crying. I just, I just don't cry too much, film. I just don't cry. Cause I saw, I see Ariana crying. And, and so I held back. That was just the moment where I said, just held back. But it was, um, yeah, you're right. It was already all the build up there. So I didn't really need it to, to prepare for that much in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel I feel likewise. Um, we definitely went through the whole film when we were doing the the you know the co-writing uh, process. And as an actor, inevitably, you know that's going to be an important moment. And at least for me, and it feels like for for Vilma too. I, I, I love to be surprised in, in those moments, especially moments like that. I don't want to rehearse anything. Like I, I, just, I just want to um, throw myself out there and, and see what happens. And so it, it wasn't like I was planning to do something or to not do something. And I, and I feel that uh, awkwardness and emotional stakes comes across and, and I, I like that. And, I also remember that Floyd told Kalia to tell me something that but I, I wasn't expecting her to tell me anything uh, because after, after that moment with, with Renata, then Jasmine comes and hugs me and tells me, don't cry mama. And that, that broke my heart and I, I loved it. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't rehearsed. We didn't have much time either. It was we didn't like, have much time. That's right. We needed to move right to the now. next thing. So, okay, whatever's done is done. So, Diana's right. I mean, it's the moment, and I remember the moment when I'm trying to touch her and she holds me. I, you know, it was. Um, I think that's palpable. You know, because it was. It was very moment to moment. It definitely touched me with my own journey, with my own relationship with my with my parents. So, yeah, thanks for that. All of you, there. Yeah. Um, you were gonna say something, Floyd? No, I remember when we were writing that scene and there's only like two lines of dialogue spoken between um, Ayar and Renata. Um, but I remember that was one where I think we had like three lines at one point. And then it was a lot of like very exact, like 
less is more, less is more. And Ariana and Vilma, um, I mean, sorry, you guys like really, I feel like you really wrote that, that dialogue like really well in terms of what you would say to each other, you know? Um, and one thing that's like subtle too is I think the progression or the change between like what parts are spoken in Spanish versus English is like pretty interesting to keep in touch with because obviously there's, I want to call the film like bilingual, which I think is really important. Um, because, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I would say like all four of us are immigrants, even on this call. And then there's so many immigrants in the film. And I did want the motel to feel like this collection of like a place where all these immigrants come and go. And it's a kind of a symbolism for America. Like this country is built by immigrants and this whole like Trumpism of like what's American and what's not is total bullshit because Amer like to, to not be American is ultimately very American. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's what made this country, you know? Um, and, I, and I think that last scene where like, they both just say one sentence of English to each other. And there's just like this understanding. Um, I don't know, I, I think it like worked out perfectly in the sense that when I watch the film, there's still moments where I'm like, eh, like, could we even take away a little bit of the dialogue you know and maybe we could but the the minimalism of that scene like to me is always where I'm like ah oh, this is like something to aspire to for me like in the next in another film um because like we're, I, the best thing about making anything is like you learn from it you know and I had learned so much from this project because I learned so much from from these two amazing women and all the all the crew and cast and even the distributors we talked to from like Sony Pictures to IFC to everybody who would get on the phone and say, we love this movie, but this is why we're not buying it. <laughs> um, you know, like that was such a crazy process that I went through all on my own, to be honest with you, because I was sitting at home getting these phone calls after South by and every phone call I thought, wow, like focus feature wants to buy our movie. And they would just call to give you a nice courtesy call. Um, and it's amazing how people, you know, even when they love something, they will not buy it because marketing is a whole nother thing, you know? Um, and that like, it's, I don't know. I look up to like David Lynch in that aspect big time because I like, although he's not my favorite director, I don't love his movies. I love who he is. I love how he's marketed himself and how all of his movies are interesting and, and different. Um, and the fact that like we need, I think more filmmakers like that. I'm like, who is the David Lynch of our generation? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't want to be that person. No way, but I don't know who that is even, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Maybe if that you exists. You gotta be. You gotta I be. I don't want to that. That's, like, <laughs> that's, that's your destiny. <laughs> that's not me. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, it's funny that you, Matt, you just mentioned about like your own parents and like, I mean, my parents got divorced when I was 11, you know, and with some sloppy back and forth I gotta say like any divorce for sure so maybe some of that is in this too with these two with this like family struggle and obviously it's totally different but we always take these things and that happen in our real lives and even like juxtapose them onto these other storylines you know like when they're fighting about this little girl like it makes me think about like yeah when I was 11 like I felt like that little girl you know and mm. I felt like the wisest person in the room when I was 11 and my parents would fight and like often I look at this movie and I'm like, Jasmine, the six-year-old girl is like the wisest person <laughs> in the room, you know, while the parent, the mom and the grandma are fighting, like, come on. Um, 
because kids are awesome like that. They're just like, even my kid's three now and he'll say something sometimes where I'm like, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's smart. That's true. <laughs> that's very like smart. Once in a while. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I feel like it's so amazing that the movie is now out and people can watch it and I hope people watch it. And I, I, you know, I hope that even when people don't like it, they think about it enough or discuss it a little bit. Um, because I do think if anything, they'll say, well, it's definitely different than anything else I've seen, which makes me proud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you said, you said something, uh, I want to wrap it up with this. You said something, um, you'd rather be ambitious and fail than average and successful. I don't know if you remember saying that to me, but yeah. that was a line that really, really stuck with me. And uh, I, I think I, you know, I wanted, I wanted to say that I think you, you've been ambitious and successful. No, because sure. no, no, because you've done, you know, you've, you've, you've done what you set out to do. You told a story that wasn't your story to tell. You know, I was going to say, have you spoken to that producer again? Who told you that? You know, has she seen the film? You know, I, like, I haven't, but I hope she's seen it. <laughs> I, I'd love, I'd be interested to hear her reaction. Like, you know, this is not your place to tell this story. Well, we'll look at the story. I think she might change her mind. And hopefully, I mean, ultimately, as filmmakers and, you know, um, performers and storytellers, it's all, it's, we all, I think we all have the same aspiration. We want to make something that has an effect on the audience, on people that watch it. You know, we want people to come away and, and have their life change, lives changed in some way, hopefully a positive way. And I think you, you know, if you can come away and 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 start a conversation, then you've achieved something. And you've definitely done that with this film. And I think all of you brought all all of part of your own journey in, in a very unusual way. And uh, like whether people connect with it or not, people are going to talk about it, and it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to have an effect on everyone. And uh, I think you should all be congratulated. And thank you for sharing, sharing yourselves with all of us, you know, because I feel privileged to watch, you know, to have uh, had a, a, a peek into your lives. Um, Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's crazy yeah, to thanks. think, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm like, wow, the journey, not only is this roundtable coming to, to a conclusion, but also the journey of like making this movie, it's out now. It's like, man it's like coming to an end and the next journey will begin you know it's, yeah. it's crazy it's exciting well you've started it now you've you've been spoiled filmer and ariana because you've you've you've, re you've written and acted in a movie you know uh i don't know when you'll have the opportunity to, to write and act in a movie again to create like this <laughs> uh it's, yeah. it's awesome like wait, you mean I can't I can't write this next movie? What do you mean? You should, you're going <laughs> no, up to the director and be like, wait, wait, I gotta change. Uh, wait, <laughs> what about my voice? Yeah. Uh, why don't I act like a Latina? No, definitely Floyd in, in that sense gave at least for me, he gave me the confidence that I can I can do this. I I can in the same in the same sense that he, you know, his his quote, which is amazing. I'd rather be ambitious and fail than be, what is it? Safe and- Average and, average and successful. Average and, and successful. I, I feel like all of us did that. You know, from Vilma moving from Peru, me moving from Mexico. Like we've, we've all, we're all trying to achieve that dream. And we're all trying to be ambitious, even if we fail. 
but Floyd has certainly given us the, at least for me, he, he has given me with this film the opportunity to believe in myself even more deeply and to be like, maybe I also want to write. Why not? And I'm actually, right now I'm studying at NYU because I, I loved it. I loved the, the, the screenwriting process. Um, so, so yeah, I don't want to live in myself. Who knows? Maybe I'll surprise you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more from, from all of you. Yeah. yeah. I have not? to say oh, one thing to it with Floyd. He really, and um, I've been exploring a lot about voice, our voices, you know, my voice. And uh, he really has empowered with this opportunity and this journey that's been going since last year to empower uh, me to believe that, huh, my story does matter. Our stories does matter. You know, there's someone out there that's actually interested in watching this, you know, uh, or knowing about it. So there's this um, lesson on, on being seen that, um, that I, I'm, I've been experiencing. And, and, and so that when you're seen, um, I think like I said once that only if you were seen one, one person, that's enough because that you know, you, you, you don't know what this person can do. And mm -hmm. so um, I'm very, very um, grateful and so empowered. And I, like Ariana, I echo, it just has given me more belief in not only myself. And I said to Floyd, I said, you have just watching him going through, it's just almost that he has, yeah. you know, created, allows to see this roadmap. It's like, wow, we can yeah. do this, you know? Um, I remember there was a moment when Ariana, we were wrapping up just on the filming. Uh, I, think it's, I think we said it was a moment where we said, I think it's time for us to write our stories. <laughs> I think it's time for us to what? To write our stories. It's, it's yeah. time for us to write. And so that was something that stayed with me. And that's empowerment that, you know, a filmmaker, somebody that takes the time and really means when it says, I want something truth and original, really opens himself to really receive that, um, can also meet uh, people like Panoriana, not to make ourselves specials, but, and, and also empower um, and, and bring those voices forward. And to me, that's very, very special. Thank you, Floyd. No, please don't thank me. Thank you guys. And so that's <laughs> weird that you guys would ever thank me. Like it's, you, it's all you, you know what I mean? It's not, I'm lucky, don't worry. No, it's but never... th there, there is something that maybe we, if this film would have been made by a Latina director or a Latina director, which that would be amazing too. And I can't wait to work with more Latinos and more creative like that and more diversity. But seeing a, a, an immigrant, but a white guy interested in our stories definitely, definitely clicked something in me. I was like, because I, I, I had just come to, to LA. I was in that process of having to act to be a Latina, which is crazy because I am a Latina. I'm, I'm still learning how to almost like speak English. So it's like, I don't get it. I have to act to be something that I am already because if, if I don't do that, people are not going to believe me. And then when I see Floyd giving us this space, it was a, a breath of fresh air because it was a, a wonderful reminder that, oh, okay, it's okay to be me. I don't have to act to be something else. It's just, it's fun. It's, it's great. I can just see myself. 
how much longer do we want to make this this roundtable? Because we're now getting to a whole nother level of IR that if you want to open this up, because the, the bottom level of IR, which I don't know how much we've talked about this is, is there a me? Are we all ways acting? And like Vilma says it in, mm. the, in the movie, she says like, I'm always playing a role. I feel like I'm always playing a role, which immigrants often do. They're always having to like, figure out the system and who are they not only as an immigrant but then trying to be american or trying to be who you know whatever system they're trying to fit into and that is like a very you know i mean like we are first the people our parents tell us to be the teachers tell us to be and it's always everything is always a story right we're always learning who to be based on like a story um so i think that's like it's really interesting because you were in the middle of that process you're in the middle of the process of people telling you no, you're an immigrant, but your immigrants need to be like this, or you need to be like this. And you're, and then I'm coming back here being like, no, just be yourself. But then it's like, well, who the, who the hell is myself? <laughs> like, who is that? And, and I feel the same way in the sense that, you know, I had to talk with producers ahead of time of like, what is a director's job? What is our role? What kind of stories are we supposed to tell? Are we allowed to tell? Because I wish it was as simple as like, this is the story I want to tell because the first question everybody asks you is why, 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 why? To the point that you're like, I don't know sometimes, <laughs> I don't know. And maybe it's okay not to know, you know? Maybe it's okay not to know. It's more about like, are you sure you wanna tell it? Are you sure you wanna tell it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, this is a story that needs to be told, you know? Or you do need to tell the story because I mean, this is another David Lynch thing. Like, as soon as you finish a movie, everybody wants you to talk about the movie. But the film is supposed to do the talking. That's a David Lynch quote. Um, because why do you want to make this movie? Well, let's make the movie. The movie will tell you why. When you watch the movie, you should know why we made the movie. You know, and I think that, that I think IR does that because it's not like, hey, I just want to retell an authentic Latino immigrant story. It's like, no, 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 no. We're like, going all, much deeper to the point that I hope non-Latino viewers will also be like, oh shit, like I should re-look look at my own life in the sense of what the hell have I been doing up to this point? You know, why am I doing this? Am I being self-destructive? Am I going over something that is totally trivial? Am I getting upset over yeah. something that I, is not important? You know, like what is really important? Um, what is growth really, you know, because some people are growing in ways that I don't think is growth. It's actually destruction, um, you know, but anyway, that's, that could be it, what I say, like round two of round table. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you made it you, this far. I, uh... <laughs> one thing, one thing you guys have definitely done is you, you've, you've, uh, you've opened the door, like I said, you've opened the door and you've shown people, I think I think hopefully hopefully the film gets seen in more and enough because you're definitely open the door to people who can say who can see what you've just said. You know, can I be myself? Who is myself? But there there you know there is an opportunity for me to grow and for me to achieve my dreams, um, however that may be, or re-examine myself. I mean, there's there's multiple takeaways from this film, so. Uh, but guys, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you for your creativity and your art. And um, um, hopefully, Thanks for having us. 
Yeah, well, it was a pleasure. Back. Look forward to no, no. seeing your, yeah, your, next, your next work, all of you. Thank you. Thank you uh, so much, Matt. I really enjoyed this time. Thank you for having us. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Well, guys, thank, thanks so much for tuning in and watching uh, once again to the Film Roundtable. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. And please uh, don't forget to like and subscribe us and keep following us to uh, enjoy and watch for future roundtables. <laughs> Like here, what do people always say? <laughs> Press, oh, yeah. subscribe, hit the like button. Hit the, button. <laughs> the like button. The like button. Hit the I want more button. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just want to thank the rest of the Film Roundtable team as always. Erin uh, Wilde, Doug Torres, Maria Prieto, Jimena Prieto, and a new member uh, from the t uh, to the team uh, that uh, hopefully will do uh, great things and Vienna Calderon so guys thanks again take care and uh, see you next time cheers yeah. guys. Bye. 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 Bye.